Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Sports with Friends. This is the episode before the Christmas holiday, or if you're listening to this in 2022, let us know how we do. Uh, you never know what things going on around now. Um, but we try to make our podcast outdated, so you know, let's. No. We try to make our podcast timeless, so let's hope that uh, people are being safe and healthy. Uh, the great. Uh, reviews of the Army Navy podcast that we did last week with Gary Danielson and Ross Tucker. That was a lot of fun to put together. Uh, the audio, the honor of interviewing members of the military, things like that. That was great. And I do appreciate the positive feedback. Uh, it's also week 16 in the NFL. That's a sport that doesn't seem to be moved uh, by COVID. You don't get cancellations. You may get postponements, but you don't get cancellations. And the head odds maker at BovadaSportsBook.com, Patrick Morrow, will join us in just a couple of moments. Patrick, give us a preview. Seth, we're talking COVID and Christmas NBA, hopefully. Hopefully, indeed. You know, on this podcast, we have done a history of sports business episodes. Um, one of the people that we've had on somewhat regularly, I'd say two or three times over the six or seven year history of this show, uh, is from, it was Mike McCarthy from Front Office Sports. Uh, front office sports has just uh, had an interesting release. The best employers in sports I thought that would be something that our audience would want to know. First of all, if you work for any of these companies, I hope you agree. <laughs> Second of all, if you uh, are looking to move, these might be one of the companies that you try, try to target. Uh, the CEO of front office sports is with us today, Adam White, you know, when, when Mike's been on the show, he talks so glowingly about you. I just hope it's going to be reciprocal. Welcome, Adam. How are you? Thanks, Seth. Excited to, excited to be here and excited to chat. And uh, yes, very much reciprocal. Mike has, has done a ton for the business. He was one of the first hires that we ever made. Someone who we actually brought on after I randomly happened to be able to break the uh, XFL going into bankruptcy story. Uh, okay. So we were the first one on that. Mike saw that story. Or excuse me, not the XFL, the AAF. Sorry, yes, I got my I spring football leagues confused. Yes. Uh, AAF a couple of years That's ago. That's like saying which member to... of the Flintstones. You know, I understand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we broke that, and Mike and I got connected, and he was the first, you know, real full time uh, editorial employee uh, outside of myself and, and Russ, who had kind of started the business a while ago. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind last you know eighteen twenty four months, as I can imagine for most people. Who are listening, but yeah, we're excited about the list and obviously 2022 and hopefully a return to mostly normal. Who knows what's going on with everything right now, but it seems to be everything's mostly mild. So hopefully we come out of the, the holiday break and everything is relatively back uh, back to normal. So yeah, excited about the list. A lot of great companies on there and excited to chat about that. Yeah, we'll talk about a lot of them. Some of them uh, we've, we've talked to on the podcast. So it's, it's very, very uh, cool. The sports business space, you know, I don't want to call it crowded because I don't know if it's a crowded space, but sports business encompasses the media and the, 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 the stock market and crypto and all the other things, you know, connected to sports. Uh, what was it that attracted you to create this site? And what was it that you're hoping can be the niche that your company is a go-to? Because Trust me, I, I get your emails every day. Um, I read all of the stuff. I'm a, I'm a P1, but I want our audience to know why they should be P1s also. A couple of things. One, I think, as you noted, 
there's a nexus happening when it comes to business and sports, right? It's at the center of everything. Sports is crypto, sports is fashion, sports is, uh, you know, societal change, sports is, you know, anything you can name of, collecting, it's asset class, it's investing, it's private equity, you know, like there's just whole nexus of the fact that all of a sudden sports is, is now almost democratized to a sense where it's become extremely interesting to a lot of people beyond just the people who work in the industry. And that's the thing that we want to do from a front office sports perspective. The business has changed a lot since I started it in the early days. Front office sports was the, at the beginning, just very similar to kind of almost this, where I would interview people and would publish their interviews. And mm -hmm. I would just basically say, let me tell your story. Right. And the whole idea I launched it in college was to make sure I had a job in my joke with everyone now is that I actually never got a job. So it's original mission failed. Somehow it yeah. became a job. And here we are, you know, seven years later from the day I first launched it. And, you know, we have 32 full-time employees. The business has continued to grow and, and shift now, like the business is FOS now and, and FOS is front office sports and sports section. Right. And our right. whole thing is, kind of around this idea of basically a smarter sports news network where we're delivering content uh, from a business of sports side of things with front office sports and from a more general sports side of things with sports section to our audience's inbox, right? Our whole thing is the inbox is the new homepage. I always ask people like you, I said, when's the last time you went to ESPN.com? You'll probably say uh, maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. If you go there a lot, then maybe you know an hour ago. And then I'll ask people in the follow up, when was the last time you checked your email? And they're like five minutes ago. And so I'm like, exactly, right? Like that's what we're trying to do. We're delivering newsletter native content to the inbox of our subscribers in a way that's free, engaging, shareable, everything like that. And that's where we think our, our niche is, is across the business of sports, obviously, which is the, the brand that we have launched and have been growing for the last seven years and sports section, which is more consumer sports that we have launched you know, less than a year ago and have seen a ton of great traction to this day, right? Again, like there's kind of a bifurcation and, and I would say sports media, you have your linear rights holders, the ESPNs of the world, the Foxes of the world who are focused hundred percent on owning and monetizing the IP around live events, right? With football, baseball, whatever you call it. And then you have your owned and operated sports media companies, which are like the Sports Illustrated of the world, the SB Nations, which is part of Vox, who are intently focused on driving people to their own and operated channels, most predominantly their website, and then monetizing that through programmatic ads or display inventory or whatever it is that they have going on. And then there's a delta in the middle between that, right? Like there's, it's, you either have one side with the live rights and then you have the other side with the owned and operated. And we believe that there's a delta in there where we can kind of almost create our own lane. And I, and I think we've done that from a, from a delta, newsletter though. standpoint. You might want to keep it No, 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 delta. no delta. No, no delta. No I mean like a delta in the no. sense. No Omicron. No, no more Greek letters, I think. I think we're out, of, right. we're out of the Greek alphabet. Like no more Greek alphabet. We're going to outlaw that in 22. I'm but... so embarrassed that Omicron, you know, I wasn't in a fraternity. And when I heard Omicron, I thought it was the bad guy in the Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I wasn't a fraternity either so yeah it's uh it's 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 funny i saw something actually someone tweeted something the other day they're like all of a sudden next year it's gonna be a fraternity right like yeah. there's gonna have two names right it's gonna be gamma gamma or delta delta gamma right. you know or delta delta delta, delta delta those girls were really nice to me <laughs> yeah 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 i don't think the virus would be as nice but um anyways so so yeah i mean look that's what we're focused on on our side of things and that's from awesome. from an ip standpoint we have these franchises rising to 25 best employers on the front office sports side of things that we're really high on and kind of are just like our flag in the in the ground moments that we've been able to to leverage to generate you know buzz uh, and again like everyone i always talk to our team about this but the only reason those awards are relevant is because our content is locked up, locked solid airtight our reporting is great 
our product is really good, right? Like people wouldn't care about our awards if people didn't take our product seriously. And, and it's a team effort, right? The awards, yeah. best employers, rising 25, things like that. Like those things carry weight because day in and day out, our editorial team delivers, you know, what we believe to be the highest quality product in, in our space, specifically when it comes to a newsletter space. And like, you know, that's, that's what we're laser focused on. Everything else kind of funnels down from there. And, you know, one of our main investors has always said, like, if you build a great product, everything else will follow. And we kind of take that mantra with everything that we do. More sports business discussion with Adam White in just a moment. But what's bigger than sports business? Sports gambling. And we have the head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow, with us. And Patrick... Uh, they have games scheduled for Thursday. They have games scheduled for Saturday. And then they have a full Sunday and a Monday night game. Let's take a look at the highlights and see what the latest odds are. We'll start with Thursday night football. The San Francisco 49ers are taking on the Tennessee Titans playoff bound Tennessee Titans. They haven't clinched anything yet, but they think they will. No, and uh, Titans are coming off a really awkward loss against the Steelers on the weekend. Uh, Titans uh, statistically yeah, that was were a strange game. Yeah, statistically the Titans were all over them, uh, failing to score in the red zone multiple times. Uh, and the Steelers have just continued to win really, really ugly this year. Uh, we're still pretty high on the Titans at Bavada, but uh, the 49ers look like they're coming around. Jimmy Garoppolo's looked uh, pretty impressive the last couple weeks. So as a result, uh, no surprise, uh, actually maybe a surprise to some folks. Uh, I'd say five weeks ago, this might be the other way around, but the 49ers actually rode favorites in this one at Tennessee. Uh, three and a half point favorites at Bavada. Again, I think that speaks to, you know, Kittle being back, Garoppolo looking a lot more comfortable. This 49ers team is starting to perform the way we would have expected them to looking at our preseason ratings. So again, and 49ers three and a half point road favorites over under sitting 44 and a half right now early action on the 49ers all right now let's move to saturday traditionally a day that is for the nba the nba has five games that day and you can go to the bovada website to see the latest odds on that the cleveland browns are taking on the green bay packers and a quick plug that is the game that has been designated as on my twitch channel so I will be hosting Christmas Day, the Cleveland Browns and the Green Bay Packers on Twitch. Go to my social media on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett, and you can find how I'm broadcasting the game. Browns, Packers, what's the latest? Well, Seth, I was just going to say, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to see if you're going to be previewing Baker Mayfield or Nick Mullins or Case Keenum because, uh, yeah, the Browns still have a curious uh Curious QB situation because of COVID. This obviously impacted them on uh, Monday night uh, in the early Monday night game because now we've got the wacky games on Monday, Tuesday. Uh, so with Nick Mullins under center, they did lose to the Raiders on a last second field goal. And uh, they currently come into this one. So uh, it's, you know, this may change by the time I've said this and we've released and certainly by the time we get to the game. But the Packers are currently eight point favorites at home right now but we are locked in on this one just because we don't know what the COVID situation is going to be for baker mayfield or whether we're going to have someone like nick mullins under center in this one so this line uh, regardless of uh, when that announcement is made is liable to move quickly but as it currently stands at packers eight point favorites at home in this one over under is sitting at 45 and a half right now bavada then the nightcap, not on my Twitch channel, but I will be watching the Indianapolis Colts travel to Arizona. Now, the Cardinals still have a lot to play for. They still have a Super Bowl on their mind. That loss to Detroit, what what was your reaction to that? And size up Colts Cardinals for me. 
Yeah, Seth, uh, roll right out of the great, right out of the gate. Pardon me. Uh, thanks, big thanks to the Detroit Lions, uh, who by winning their second game of the year, uh, crushed uh, the vast majority of parlays placed on Sunday at Pavada. Uh, everybody had the Cardinals money line spread. You know, the point spread teased all the way down, and uh, that was a weird one. Usually, when an underdog like that does it for us, you know, there's that point in the third quarter, fourth quarter where you're feeling a little bit worried. Lions just handled that from start to finish. Uh, really, it was a really dominant performance. I couldn't believe. It. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, really bizarre to watch, and uh, it, it's it's very rare as the house that you get those easy ones, those really easy, nice ones. But we'll certainly take it. Uh, looking ahead to uh, the nightcap, as you noted, Colts Cardinals. Cardinals are one and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, listen, Colts look great against the Patriots, uh, a game that they were favored in, which says a lot about how we value the Colts here at Pavada. And uh, yeah, this, this is a fantastic one. This is, you know, the over-under set, set at 49 and a half right now, which a quick school, that is the highest of the week. Uh, Carson Wentz is looking great. Kyler Murray is looking fantastic. Um, it, it's going to be a great one. Uh, unfortunate for the NBA that they're going to have to compete against that one in prime time because that's going to eat into a lot of their ratings, uh, at least for Nets Lakers. Yeah, there's going to be a, a television you know, conflict there. What game do you actually wind up watching? All right, a couple of big ones, uh, rivalry games, division games on Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, who uh, I'm, I'm, I can't say this enough, kick, tie. This is twice now that the Baltimore Ravens have been burned. Uh, going up against an impressive Cincinnati team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, poor uh, poor Harbaugh is getting grief again for his uh, two-point conversion decision-making. It's the same thing. It was uh, with a little bit of a twist, and I'll, 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 I'll tell you what I mean. Um, so if you would want to do that aggressive two-point conversion thing, uh, it's not the worst thing in the world that he did. I know you vehemently disagree, but when you were down 14, you go for the two-point conversion on that first one to allow you the opportunity to, uh, you know, kick the game-winning extra point on the second or an opportunity to go for two again to tie. That is, like, so he can't even claim the high ground of the analytics argument on this one because the analytics said, if you, when you're down 14 in that spot, if you want to be aggressive with it, you do it on the first touchdown, not the second one. And especially, there was 41 seconds left as well. So that was yet another reason why going for two there it doesn't even necessarily win the game it's aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball there so um you know i i i I, I like harbaugh a lot it's not massively egregious to me but the two should have came on the first one regardless you know if you like the math that's what the math says if you're a traditionalist either way uh curious decision making but he does have a game to play uh they are eight and six uh, Lamar Jackson's status has brought the Ravens a little bit down to earth. They've lost three in a row. Bengals are on the high side right now. And uh, yeah, Bengals currently, technically, your leaders in the AFC North uh, should be an interesting one. The uh, point spread is currently Bengals minus two and a half at Bavada. Uh, action split pretty 50-50 on this one. Over under is sitting at 45 on the nose right now, Seth. And then there's the Buffalo Bills, who have they righted their ship going against the Patriots team that's smarting after that loss to Indy. There's a big matchup for the top spot in the AFC East. Playoff positioning, Bills-Patriots. Yeah, uh, gosh, Bills needed that win like no one's business. Uh, a really tough go of them late. Uh, you know, they, they had that interesting game against the Patriots just a couple weeks ago. Uh, where with the swirling wins, uh, the Patriots won by only throwing two passes. They only needed to throw two. 
And uh, well, the weather is expected to be a little bit better at Fox Pro as the over-under is currently sitting at 44. I think it closed in the low 30s in that previous game, uh, still went way under. And uh, the Patriots are only two and a half point favorites in this one, Seth. They are coming off, uh, uh, you know, a, a tough loss against the Colts uh, last Saturday where they were exposed a little bit offensively. Uh, you know, not too many weapons for Mac Jones. He definitely looked uh, most uncomfortable. I've seen him uh, in weeks. Uh, so still our rookie of the year favorite at Bavada and the Patriots still slight favorites this one. Uh, action so far, 50-50. Those are just some of the great games that are in the NFL week 16 are thanks to the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, for joining us. Now back to our conversation with the CEO of front office sports, Adam White. Couple of uh, general uh, sports business questions. Then I want to get into the list, and then we can do, kind of do the current events. A lot of people use to evaluate franchises is their valuation, and yep. valuation to me is not always congruent with the, the 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 brand recognition or the 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 uh, the, the ability to trend, um, for lack of a better phrase. Um, when you see that uh, franchise valuations, uh, let, let's just call it on the carpet, baseball evaluations are much higher than I thought they would be, considering there's been drops in ratings, there's been a lack of involvement, and the market audience, the target audience, seems to be so much older, yet the franchise valuations continue to skyrocket. At the time of this recording, they're in a lockout. And yet, if you're talking about there was a story on front office that I saw about David Blitzer uh, possibly yeah. buying the Cleveland Guardians. David Blitzer is the uh, part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. And just looking at these numbers and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to scarcity. Right. And the whole this is the whole idea around what we were talking about earlier is that sports is an asset class now. Right. And how many people can own teams and how many people want to own teams. Right. And it's become like, you start to see a lot of the wealth being generated outside of sports. And guess what? I always say, I always tell people, I said, a lot of these people who are extremely wealthy, own companies, run companies, are Jeff Bezos, this, that, and the other either love sports or used to play sports. Right. And so there's a, a way at some point where it's like, it becomes almost, you know, you're talking about NFTs right now. It's sports is a fungible token, I guess we can say, and sports teams are that, right? And there is an opportunity to kind of take and marry what is going on. And you're starting to see more of it, like a lot of these, uh, the regulations that these leagues have now put in place for private equity to get involved with sports teams and, and ownership. And, and you saw a Fenway Sports Group, you know, coming and buy yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins and everything like that. So I think at the end of the day is that, there's 32 uh, NHL teams, right, or whatever it is. The average, on average, there's 30 to 32 teams in every league, right? Like, and those, a lot of those owners are either you know getting older or are you know looking to cash out or you know and a lot again, of that like, in the NFL, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of that in the NFL with what was going on with like the Broncos or and things like that. And I think at the end of the day, it's just like. People are seeing it's an asset. It's an investment, right? Like at the end of the day, it's not something that's probably going to be, you know, make a ton of money. But I think the perfect example of this is the fact that Andy Jassy, who's the CEO of Amazon now, the new CEO of Amazon, he's a part owner of the Seattle Kraken. And in his Twitter bio, it literally says like sports fan. 
right? Like those <laughs> are the reasons why, obviously outside of the media rights and the, the tangential things that are going to continue to happen, right? Like NFL teams are valuable because of the media rights and the associated, you know, payouts totally. and, the, and the revenue sharing and everything that they've been able to do. And like, it, they make a lot of money. That's just a fact. And, the, and obviously there's a revenue multiple on top of that, but oftentimes some of these multiples you see that's even like these MLS teams are garnering or things like that, where you realistically know that the revenue is nowhere near where that multiple probably should be. But because of the fact that there is scarcity and there's only so many of these things that you can own, it drives the price up. Right. And so I think you see a lot of those things. And, and, and the other thing that you see is again, you know, in two to five years, right for the most part, what is going to be the only live entertainment that we're probably all tuning into and experiencing it live. And that's, and that's sports, right? Like there's just such, there's such a high demand now from a sports standpoint for live programming and outside of sports, right? Like, and even you start to see award shows and things like that. Like, I guess they're live. Quote unquote yeah, some programming, of them are going most, to streaming services. They're not even going to be. Yeah. Because they're, because you know, their ratings are so down, but College football, you know, saw some of its best ratings ever this, you know, this past year. Granted, you know, the, the, the football was great and there was a lot of great games and everything like that. But when you look at that, that's why it's so appealing, right? That's why it's so valuable. That's why it's so valuable for the networks. I mean, look, we saw the whole spat between Disney and YouTube TV this week. And not even spat, but just like, you know, all of YouTube yeah, TV, like it, you yeah, started to look at it off their Yeah, service, they pulled yeah. Disney off there. And so there was no ESPN that or includes anything. ESPN that's the tweet. And, right. Yeah. Half the tweets about YouTube TV is like, I can't watch sports anymore. Right. Like all of my sports went away because now Disney is, is gone. And so again, like, it's just that powerful. And, and we all know that, you know, quite frankly, Disney has carried a lot of the cable packages for a long time because of the, the, the sports that it, it does offer. And, you know, you can make the, you can make the case that the, a lot of the cable companies have carried Disney for a long time with ESPN in the sense that like, there's a lot of people who are paying for ESPN that never watch it. But, you know, again, it's just, it's a back and forth, but I think for the most part, it's that sports is an asset class now. And there's no doubt about that. And people see it as such, right. Even like, again, Daniel Elk, the uh, founder of Spotify is trying to buy Arsenal, right? Like 10 years ago, most of the people who own sports teams and things like that were just people who had them inherited. They were families or whatever. Like these are, like legacy type businesses. And now it's like attracting the people who are the people who are building the biggest, brightest companies in the world. And so I think that changes everything. And then, as I mentioned, the live rights and, and entertainment value that come with sports that inherently probably will never change. Yes. Are we going to have other mediums in which we can, can um, consume sports? Of course, right? Like Instagram and Twitter. And like, I don't watch as much live sports as I used to, but you bet your bottom dollar when there's a big game on, like your people are tuning in for the biggest games. And we've seen that with the NFL and we've seen that with college football and we've seen that with other things, right? It's like people still want to watch these experiences and experiencing them live versus, you know, on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever. All right. It, it, you, you, this, this podcast always goes on tangents. So before I get to your list, I had totally planned on getting to your list right now, but I want to go on a tangent first. And I do want to mention that not only am I a massive Arsenal supporter because uh, my family, uh, I have family over in England and they are season ticket holders to Arsenal, uh, but we are reaching out and we're planning in the early parts of 2022 
to have one or two players from Arsenal on this podcast. So uh, it's very cool that you brought them up and uh, you can listen to it on Spotify. Ha ha. So there you go. Um, we'll connect all the all connections. The, all, all yeah. the, dots. the two. So you mentioned sports media and there are two massive things. One that's on the verge of happening and one that I think will happen in the next two or three years. And I wanted to get a comment on that and then we can get to the list. Uh, number one is the NFL Sunday ticket, whether yep. it goes to Apple, Amazon, ESPN, or a fourth uh, contender, it's leaving DirecTV. And it is going, th- there is going to be this exodus. And if you want to hazard an, a number, it's, it's in the millions of people that are going to cut the cord. Uh, right now, uh, how, U.S. households are about 50-50 in terms of who has cable and who doesn't. That number is going to change dramatically with the NFL Sunday ticket. But the other one that I think is much more important from my standpoint, because it's unresolved is the regionalization and the blackout rules for streaming sports. Uh, Right now they are taking the younger audience who is not getting cable. And I use my daughter as the example, because she's a New Jersey devils fan. She's 13 years old and she's a devils fan because I made her one. But the fact is, is that when she's 18, if she goes to college in the tri-state area, she does not have access to the New Jersey Devils games. When the NHL signed their big deal with ESPN Plus, they they had a press release that said a thousand out-of-market games. My kid doesn't need to see the Nashville Predators. And that's not a hockey thing. This is in baseball. This is in basketball. Anything with regional networks. It seems like the emphasis on the regional sports network is declining. Gary Bettman was on this podcast and said flat out, we know, and we're on it. So I didn't belabor the point there. What is your timetable to have an a la carte menu where if I live in New York and I want to see the Yankees, if I live in Cleveland and I want to see the Cavaliers, I have access to it. I'm not saying free. There has to be a cost and I get that. But there yeah. has to be access because what you're doing is you're taking the 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds and you're telling them not to root for the teams. And that's yeah, it, it's it's a it's it may not be a major problem now, but the Sunday ticket question seems to be it's just where is it going? The other one seems to be unresolved and needs to be. Yeah, I mean, I think Sunday ticket is going to end up in the place where. I think the the world is going right, you know, uh, and I, this isn't any offense to any of the other linear providers or any of the other uh, satellite providers or things like that. But it just seems like, you know, the league itself wants to be seen as super innovative and what better than to sell Sunday ticket to Apple and or Amazon. And, and look, at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that I would be worried about is that Apple and Amazon have unlimited money at the end of the day, right? Literally unlimited money. Like, like they, they can pay whatever they want for uh, live rights. ESPN likely cannot, right? Fox likely cannot. Like it's just the way their business works, right? Imagine if Apple all of a sudden bought Sunday ticket and said the only way you can get Sunday ticket is if you have Apple TV. You know how many people would buy Apple TV? Like everyone. Literally right. everyone. Right? Oh, they'll because sell. Now if they say you have to watch it on an Apple device, they will sell yeah. Apple TVs, iPhones, iPads, all that crap. They, they, yep. They're going to sell exactly. all Literally. of it. Yep. In the, but it's in just the a, millions, not, not in the hundreds or the thousands. Correct. Correct. It, it becomes a feature, 
right? right. That's the other thing too that people don't realize where uh, I think the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing is that like Apple and Amazon can use that as a feature. Like Amazon just says, okay, you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Now you get NFL Sunday ticket. How many people are going to save to $400 a year? Correct. Yeah, how many people are you going to save? Or how many people are you going to convert to Prime subscribers? Like, it's just a benefit for them, right? Like, they can spend. It's kind of crazy to think about, but they could spend how much ever you want to say in the billions of dollars just to basically create a benefit for the people who are already buying their right. product. Not to it makes cut it you stickier, up, not, makes right. everything like that. And let me just to, just just to add a caveat to that: when the latest deal with NBC and CBS and Fox was announced. I was very ho-hum. People were like, are you going to do a podcast on that? I said, no, tell me where Sunday ticket goes. That's interesting to, to think yeah. that there's going to be Sunday night football. Okay, great. We knew that already. That's not changing yeah. the landscape. The Sunday ticket decision changes the entire landscape. That's, that's something that every time I get an email from FOS, I swear to you, I'm like, please let this be the one. Like, get, just yeah. get well, that, I mean, I think the biggest get that question like answered. Sunday ticket is just a unique property, right? Like, I don't think anyone outside of college football can do the same, right? Like it's a unique property, uh, just like red zone, like Sunday ticket and red zone are very They're unique in the sense yeah. that they, yeah, exactly. They, they, they are something that create super value, especially now when you're thinking about um, when you're thinking about basically taking on, you know, any of these things, sports betting, right? Like now you start to think about, okay, so, if sports betting is legalized now in New York and now I have my Apple device and now I can watch Sunday ticket and now I can all of a sudden have it integrated to where I'm watching Sunday ticket on my Apple device and I can bet. Okay. Well now what happens here? Right? Like again, at the end of the day, we have a tech company who has all of the distribution in the world, right? Through these devices that you and I are probably filming on or talking on or recording on or everything like this, that, basically has access to all of that stuff and already have the product infrastructure and distribution in place, right? Like ESPN has to rely on that, right? And, and now they're obviously changing that with their direct-to-consumer business and their streaming business and everything like that. But again, I think at the end of the day, we have an ability to just take a step back and be like, this makes a oh. ton of sense for Apple and Amazon to make a huge push because it is just a subscriber retention tool for them, right? Like they, I mean, obviously they're going to monetize it through ads and stuff like that, but that doesn't matter to them. Like their nice. whole thing is like, how are we going to get more prime subscribers? How are we going to get more or how are we going to make people stick around? How are we going to, and then like all of a sudden if Amazon gets it, okay, so now so what are the integrations from a Twitch standpoint, like they've done with Thursday night football, what are the yes. integrations from, you know, from a commerce standpoint, like they've done other ways, right? Like, again, like that's the, that's the thing is, and I have, I've been told and I've joked with people like, and there's been conversations about potentially ESPN being spun out of Disney. And I, you know, I think it would make a ton of sense for Disney, quite frankly, to do that, allow ESPN, you know, capitalize on ESPN's value and then allow ESPN to be super innovative underneath a new company. And I, imagine that, like, what if, what if Apple bought ESPN and basically said anything you watch on ESPN, you can only watch it through Apple devices or Apple TV or, what or whatever it is like that. You know, again, like right. this episode of sports with friends is brought to you by let's get checked. Are you suffering from low energy? You know, one of the things we talk about here on sports with friends is personal things. Being that I can say anything I want. If your energy is lower than usual at the gym, at work, doing whatever you need to be doing, well, get answers from the comfort of your own home with Let's Get Checked. 
Testosterone levels in men typically fall about 1% every year after the age of 30 or 40. Low testosterone levels can cause fatigue, low energy levels, and are linked to depression. Testosterone helps maintain men's bone density, muscle strength, fat distribution, and sex drive. Yes, sex drive. Thanks to our sponsor, Let's Get Checked, you're covered. Let's Get Checked is an at-home testing company that makes it easy and confidential to check your hormone levels from the comfort of your own home without the awkwardness or uneasiness of visiting a clinic or healthcare professional. And let's be honest, I try to avoid as many medical places as possible unless absolutely necessary. Here is how Let's Get Checked works. You simply go to their site, order your test kit, and it arrives at your door in a small discreet package. From there, you prick your finger. And no, you're not indoctrinated into The Sopranos but you can send the sample back to their lab with a prepaid shipping label. In two to five days, you get your results and a Let's Get Checked nurse will be available to discuss your results with you if you want their feedback. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and released onto your online dashboard. But it's online. It's only shared with who you want to see it. If your results are outside normal ranges, a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team contacts you to discuss the lab report. Let's Get Checked Laboratories are CLIA approved, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. The company has performed over 2 million at-home tests. They keep your information and results confidential. Even better, our listeners get 30% off your entire order with the code SPORTS. Just go to letsgetchecked.com and enter the code SPORTS at checkout to ensure you and your significant other are staying safe. Now back to Sports with Friends. I want to read the criteria for the best employers in sports. Uh, this is something yeah. that front office sports announced a couple of weeks ago. The winning organizations represent the top 15% of all sports industry companies that participated in the survey across multiple sectors within the industry, including agencies, brands, teams, governing bodies, leagues, tech, media, and more. The qualifications, leadership, diversity, equity, and inclusion, professional development and advancement, philanthropic and social endeavors, as well as employee well-being. That caught my eye. And I wanted you to, to just introduce that idea because we're talking about a pandemic world where so many people are working from home. Did your criteria change and evolve as COVID did? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, obviously like everyone's kind of, you know, you, you think about criteria around, you know, layoffs and people who, who did right by their employees and maybe found a way to not lay everyone off or do it. And, you know, again, like sports was outside of travel was hit just as hard as probably any other industry, like how sports and like hospitality and travel were probably the two hardest hit industries. So we adjusted based on that. Again, we wanted to get an understanding of what employees or employers stood by their employees across the board. And, you know, obviously with everything that's been going on in the country in the last 12 to 18 months, again, we like we're flexible enough to be able to say, okay, you know, the best employers are now embodying these things, right? They're now talking about these things. They are now part of this, this conversation. And so, yeah, the criteria has changed and we feel like we're able to adjust the criteria on an annual basis for the most part to be able to be as relevant as possible for these employers and employees. Some of these companies are not as well known, but I do want to ask you about some of the more uh, well-known uh, companies. And I want to start it off with Good Karma Brands. 
Um, that's a, a, a media company. And they did a bunch of purchases recently of some ESPN stations. But, you know, one of the things we've covered on this podcast, I come from the sports radio background and sports radio has been under siege. What was it about good karma? Besides the fact that yeah, you I mean, good I, karma for putting them on the list. <laughs> I, again, I think they're, they, like we talked about, is all of these companies embody what you lined out right? Like they are living what you've mentioned, right? They're, they're taking care of their employees. They're investing in, you know, health and well-being. They're providing a good working environment. Hey, you know, historically sports at large has always been the place where it's cool to work, but it's not great to work, right? Because of the fact they don't pay well, you know, they, they, it's more of a, you know, you're lucky to be here versus we're lucky to have you type mentality. It's always like, oh, yeah, you know, you want to work for, a, I'll just use the Coyotes. You want to work for the Coyotes, that's great. There's a hundred other people who want to work for the Coyotes too because of the Coyotes. And guess what? We can find a replacement for you, you know, tomorrow if you don't like what we're doing. And so again, I'm not saying that that's a negative thing about the Coyotes. I'm just using them as an example here. But that's, that's the prevailing thought that's been in the industry for a very long time. I think it's caused a lot of talent to leave, right? You're seeing a ton of people leave the industry at large because of the fact that it's just like, that is the approach, right? When you know, quite frankly, people who are my age, 27, 28, 29, 30, who would rather have a life and are like, wow, I can double my salary. I remember, you know, my girlfriend more recently, she was working at an agency and, and, and took a job almost doing relatively the same thing at an accounting firm and, and essentially doubled her salary overnight and cut her hours in half, right? And in terms of like, she wasn't working ridiculously long weekend hours or things like that. And so it's like, quite frankly, how do you compete with that? Right. And, and, and you can't realistically. Right. Like you have to find ways to really make sure that not only, you know, are you paying well, are you competitive? Are you taking care? Are you making sure you're even just like your time off is is good and your weekends and things like that? Because that's just what employer and that's what employees want nowadays. Yeah. Right. Like they just don't want to be worked to the bone 24 seven, 365 for a salary. That's not very great just to say they work for the Yankees or the Coyotes or, you know, you name it, you insert X team league, whatever it is like that. So I think that's the biggest thing. And that's why you've seen, I think on this list, there's a lot of sports adjacent brands, we'll say like tech companies and some of these other ones, right. That are, are able to take a, a more holistic approach to employee empowerment and wellness and everything like that. Good Karma is one of the two-time winners, uh, along with yep. League Apps, Aquarius Sports and Entertainment, Hyperice, I hope I'm saying their name correctly, yep. STN Digital, U.S. Triathlon, I've talked to them before, uh, and the Savannah Bananas, that's a minor league franchise, correct? Yep, yeah, for sure. Yep, so there's some two-time winners, there's some three-time winners. The three-time winners, it, right. But... Open Doors, which yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I was at an NYVC, New York Venture Capital Sports Division. You know, remember those? They're in, uh, yep. in New York City with uh, Jeff Falk and um, um, uh, a bunch of those guys, Joe Favorito and all, all those dudes um, put together this great thing. And I've done stuff with Open Doors, Stellar Algo, uh, Forefront, Scout Sports and Entertainment, and Navigate are three-time winners. You've only had this thing for three times and they've been yeah. on every year that that's got to go on their mantle, right? Oh, for sure. hundred percent. I mean, look, I've spoken to multiple people at those three time winners and they tell me all the time that this is something now they go into every year saying we want to win. 
And if we don't win, it's disappointing, right? Like they, they have circled it as something where it's like, you know, you look awesome. at like the Kelly Blue Book or something like that, right? Or not Kelly Blue Book, but like JD Power Awards, right? You watch any commercial for Chevrolet and it's like 12 time JD Power yeah, best, yeah. you know, car, best midsize sedan or whatever, right? Like that's literally how they're approaching this because it's a, there's talent wars and that's a fact, right? There's literally talent wars yeah. uh, when it comes to great people. And I like, that's why I think STN has done such a, a good job. And when you're talking about, oh, you mentioned them as being a, a two-time winner, I believe is that like, they are providing a lifestyle for digital and social professionals that is much more in line with the lifestyle that these people want. And then they're, you know, basically still able to work quote unquote in sports, right? Like these digital professionals are working at an agency that's taking care of them and they don't have the crazy life, but they can still work on projects for the bears or projects for the yeah, Packers. Yeah. And I'm just listing teams. I'm not sure if those are their clients, but like sure, sure. those I, are the things where it allows you to, to kind of, again, I think you're going to see even more and more of these, collectives or these agencies pop up that still allow you to work in sports, but with a much better work-life balance um, than the teams, leagues, you know, agencies can, can provide. And and again, like, it just depends on everyone, what everyone wants to do. There's always going to be people who want to work those hours and work at those places. There's no doubt about that. But I think the best places are realizing that to keep and retain their best talent. They have to, they have to do more than just say, Oh, you get a a business card with a, a logo that everyone recognizes on it. That's a great point. Um, I can't tell you how much it pleases me to see the Denver Broncos on that list. Uh, I got my start uh, covering the Denver Broncos and we're talking the late mid to late nineties. And I'll tell this story for our audience. I might've told this on the podcast before Uh, John Elway was their quarterback uh, when I started covering them in the 1996 season, but in 1997 season uh, I was hired by Westwood one to uh, get audio preview for a Monday night football game between the then Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos. And the, the trick that, you know, the veterans were showing me, I was 23 years old at the time. And the trick was you had cassettes, cassettes. And what they told you to do was have two tapes, one for your radio station and one for Westwood one. And then you had to mail the cassette to New York to Westwood one for there to be used. You couldn't email it. You couldn't feed it down a line. You had to physically mail this thing uh, next day air uh, to it. And I had a windbreaker on and my Westwood one cassette fell out of my windbreaker. And I didn't know. And the only person that saw it was John Elway. Practice goes on 45 minutes to an hour. And now John Elway is having his Wednesday press conference uh, where he's going to talk about, talking to the, you know, playing the Oakland Raiders. And I remember the sun was to his back. The, 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 the podium was outside. I remember that. And like an angel from heaven, he pulls out of his, you know, the pockets that a quarterback has, he pulls out the pockets, takes out the cassette, hands it to me and says, here, kid, you dropped this. He saved my life. That was my first ever time talking, you know, doing something on a network level. It was He saved my career at that moment. And I said, whatever happens, you know, I grew up in New York. I wasn't a Broncos fan. I said, whatever happens, I am officially a Broncos fan forever. And that year they beat the Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl 32 and they won the Super Bowl. And I will never forget the people have always said how they win that Super Bowl. Karma. (laughs) I I totally believe it. 
most of the people that I worked with there, I hate to say it, have retired. What was it about the Denver Broncos that made your list? Yeah, I mean, again, like the, the, the crazy thing about this, and not even the crazy thing, the best thing about this list is the fact that it's all driven by employee surveys. Like this isn't a PR spin. This isn't an application. This is legitimately what the employees say about their employers, right? Like this mm-hmm. is directly from the, like the internal people at these organizations, right? Who work there. They are the ones who are saying that they are looking at these different things and saying, yes, the Broncos score high in all of this, right? Then like the way we have it structured is we have a, you know, a partner who we work with who runs all of it through a sentiment analysis. So, you know, it can oh, tell cool. if people are saying like versus love, right? And, and they're weighted higher. It's like you say, I love working here versus I like working here, right? And all these different things. And so it's like super scientific. And like, again, the reason why we do that is to actually make it like super, it's, it's more meaningful, right? Imagine That's if- Wild. It's like your kids saying you're an awesome dad versus like you saying you're an awesome dad, right? It's meaningful, yeah. right? Or something like that. Like it's- dad. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure you are, right? But it's just the, <laughs> the example of what we're talking about, right? It's like, it's so much more meaningful when the people who work for you or work at your organization say, yes, this is a great place to work versus you enlisting your PR team to say, yes, this is a great place to work. And it democratizes it, right? Like, that's why the Savannah Bananas win. That's why the Bismarck Larks win, right? right. Because these are people who have the opportunity to have their employees say amazing things about them. The Bismarck Larks won, and then they put together a whole like almost TV commercial about winning, right? And the fact that like they're making, uh, you know, Bismarck a place to be when it comes to like sports and how it became a sports town and stuff like that. And like, again, it just means so much more. Like everyone says like, you know, the SEC, it just means more, right? Like for this award, like it just means more because of the fact that it comes truly, truly, truly from the places in which the um, employees are saying this, right? Like this isn't the PR people saying this. This is the employees themselves saying this. And so when it comes to the Broncos, as you mentioned, it's really all about the fact that their employees said that they are the best and 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 it's in incredible. these different categories and they scared high scored highly. Oh, it's 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 so wonderful to see. I'm so I'm so thrilled to see it. The list is very impressive. What I would say is you know find the list on FOS and uh and and what you can do is Google the list. And I'm telling you, you'll see if you don't know that them by name, some of the names you'll recognize USA triathlon, Volt athletics, uh, United soccer league. These are all uh, pretty well-known companies, but some of them aren't, and you can search them up and you'll, you'll, you'll be uh, totally I- impressed. Uh, do you have time for a couple of quick hitters on sports business? Yeah, for sure. Just a couple, yeah, couple let's do it. it's been a pleasure having you on the, on the podcast. Um, recently, NBC paid a uh, reported 2.75 billion for the premier league. And I would venture a guess that that doesn't necessarily help soccer in America. It helps the premier league in America in that the premier league has shown to be a consistent performer. Um, the idea that, it, you know, for $5, you can subscribe to Peacock and get every premier league game, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, you can only expect to see much better from them, but I don't think that make, I think fans are realizing, first of all, so many people are working from home. They're seeing the games on when they have them access, access to, you know, early in the morning, middle of the day kind of thing because of the time zones. And I think the premier league has become this massive entity 
where I don't necessarily think MLS is that big a deal or other European leagues or Central American leagues are nearly on that stratosphere. What is it about the Premier League in your estimation for America that NBC would pay more for the Premier League than ESPN and Turner combined paid for hockey? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the biggest thing is is that what what happens is, and I, I don't think we talk about this enough, is that is that the Premier League is the best league in soccer, right? You know, it could be argued that other leagues are better, but overall, the the prevailing thought is the Premier League is the best league in soccer. What other sport in the U.S. doesn't have the best league in the U.S.? There are none. NBA is the best basketball. NHL is the best hockey in the world. NFL is the best football in the world. NCAA is the best college football in the world. MLB is the best baseball in the world. So North American soccer fans are treated to a league that is not the best. And that's the only sport in America that is actually not the best in the world, right? And and I don't think it will ever be, right? Like, I just don't, I don't know if that's ever going to be the case because of how global soccer is and how long soccer took to come to the U.S. And, you know, is there going to be, is it going to be competitive? Yes, but I think the, the biggest thing that MLS faces from an uphill battle is that it's just never going to be the premier sports league for its type of sport in the world unless yeah. something drastic happens right but if you just i just can't imagine that being the case and that's no knock on the mls that's just the way of the world like that is just how it is whereas like again nb or american consumers are used to dealing with the best of the best and with mls it is is not the best of the best it, 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 it's good it's not a right? bad it's league and good. i'm not trying to rip on the no, league it's but it's, league. it's not the premier not. league no no, of course. Okay, so. so can this analogy work? The Premier League is to America what Formula One is to America as opposed to NASCAR. Um, NASCAR seems to be a declining audience, and I'm not trying to get political here. It just seems to be yeah. a very segregated, uh, declining audience, whereas Formula One and Netflix has had a lot to do with it with their documentary. I've been partial to Formula E. I've covered that a lot on this podcast because I find that fascinating. But Formula One seems to be, again, the creme de la creme of auto racing, not what's here in America. And it seems to be an interesting parallel. NASCAR has a much longer history than MLS, so I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison, but it is a fascinating one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, like you mentioned, I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison, right? Like, what's the, the, there is no, I would say there is no better stock car association than NASCAR, right? Like technically NASCAR is the best stock car association. Uh, if you look at open wheel racing, then you have IndyCar compared to Formula One. Well, technically like Formula One is probably the dominant open wheel, you know, similar to IndyCar open wheel type right, racer. But do you think right? fans you know, separate started. auto racing to auto racing? Like, isn't it all the same? I mean, it depends, right? Depends on how big of a fan you are, right? I think the be- I think the biggest thing that Formula One has going forward is that it's global, right? It has global stars, right? It has it has a lot of drama associated with it and things like that. Like again, NASCAR for the most part has been relatively um, straightforward. There's drama, right, and things like that. But I remember I was like, again, like NASCAR. I was the biggest Jeff Gordon fan there was back when I was growing up, and then I just stopped watching it. But again. I, I, I think all of these things is like they ebb and flow, right? Because the other thing too is like go to a NASCAR race 
and it's amazingly fun, right? Like that you can bring in your own food. Like it's a, like going to a NASCAR race is like one of the best sporting experiences that people go to. But the issue is, is that it's like, it's, I don't want to say it's not marketed like that, but people just don't know. Right. And then when you go, you're like, holy cow, this is, this is amazing. Right. It's very different than any sport. And I think it's going to continue to have its, its loyal group of followers and the people that it's in. I think formula one has such a, I think the, the interesting part about Formula One and the one issue that NASCAR has faced, um, and, and not really, I guess, a ton of, but like, because NASCAR is more in, in the spring opposite of, of football, but it'll be interesting to see with these new spring football leagues on the weekend, like competing and things like that. But Formula One competes in a time slot in America that no other sport competes in right now. Sunday mornings from like late spring to now what is December, right? Right. And so there's no one, and, and obviously there's qualifying and stuff like, but the actual Grand Prix are taking place on Sundays outside the US Grand Prix and some of the other ones early in the morning, which is like a very like again, this most recent Abu Dhabi one, the last one happened, I want to say like nine o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning. So the race was done in an hour and an hour and a half or whatever it was. And right any time before football starts right or whatever right. it is like right. that's Same the thing, thing with is, the is premier like, league right most of yeah, the games and that's are over what, before like, football starts right yeah exactly and that's again why i think like there's there's opportunity there and i think where you run into some some friction with the other i mean even just the other leagues and things like that like that's why the nfl is so dominant right people are not working on sundays usually for the most part so more people are home walk, watching like I, I, the nba is never going to be the nfl because the nba happens at 7 p.m eastern during the week you know, three times a week, right? It's just like people are out and about doing things at kids things. Like it's just never going to be the same thing as football on the weekends, whether it's college or this. And I think that's the one thing about Formula One is that it happens at a certain time. It's relatively finite, right? Like there's only 30 things. I think there's 32 races this year, which is actually a lot. Maybe it's 26. I can't remember. There's, you know, again, there's a finite amount. There's not 81 or a a home games and they're spread out. You know, like how many people, and this is again, no offense to the NBA or NHL or some of these other leagues or MLB, but like how many people have the time to watch three Lakers games in a week, unless you're like the biggest Laker fan possible, right? right? Like, whereas I have an hour on Sunday to watch the Grand, Grand Prix because it's an hour and it takes, you know, it's, it's quick, it's in and out, you know, like it's, it yeah, moves along. And I think that's the other thing yep. too. Totally. Yeah. It's, I mean, totally. that's the other thing too, is, is the, racing with Formula one i don't think that's gonna it doesn't last more than two hours and i think the other thing too is like you see nascar and it, it usually lasts like a long four time hours, right yeah. with the crashes and the this you know like some of these these races last three four five hours right just because of how long they are and how long they take and how many laps they do right like totally. again it's it's a little bit different but like formula one right like they're doing 60 laps or 70 laps i think at the very height right the most recent was 50 laps whereas like nascar is doing 350 laps or 250 laps right or whatever and it's just there's just a long time right it's oh it's almost the same amount of uh of time right and track and everything like that but again it's just like when you look at that it's like a coca-cola 500 or something like that i think it's like 250 or coca-cola 600 i think it's literally like 200 laps right that's a lot um it's amazing so again but again it just depends there's going to be a consumer race for everyone yeah there will there will be um, I usually wrap this up by uh, trying to introduce uh, you to our audience. How can people find you? But uh, lately what I've done, and it's probably, this is a 2021 thing, is I've asked uh, guests on this show uh, how you feel about social media, um, the toxicity <laughs> and everything. Uh, how do you yeah. feel about social media and how can people find you? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, social media is a good, it's a positive. If you use it to be positive, it's a positive, right? If you use it for negativity, it's a negative. Like that's just kind of all, anything, right? What you put in is what you get out of it, right? The more positivity you put into it and energy you put into it, it's a great, I mean, look, we got our investment from social media. Like I met our main investor on Twitter, right? Like, so at the end of the day, social media is a net positive if you use it to be a net positive. If you use it to to doom scroll all the time or to judge people or things like that, then it's probably a negative. So overall positive, I mean, for, for us, you can follow us on, on FOS, at, at FOS on Twitter, at Sports Section on Twitter. You can follow myself, FOS Adam, on Twitter. Uh, we're big on LinkedIn. We're like the number one sports publisher on LinkedIn. So Front Office Sports on LinkedIn yeah, is a big, big presence. Uh, and then obviously I'm there as well. So yeah, I mean, we're all we're in all of your you know, Front Office Sports on Instagram as well as there too. So yeah, we're, we're in all the main channels. Well, Adam, I, I appreciate the time and I appreciate yeah, the, sure. the conversation. We covered a lot of ground. And like I said, um, one of the neat things about podcasting is, you know, you can tackle issues that, you know, linear radio and television don't necessarily cover. So I, I love the opportunity and I look forward to having you on again. And um, you now have to be the go-to and Mike McCarthy's officially the backup. So now if no, we have Mike no, on, we gotta, we know gotta, it was because keep, Adam was too busy. So we got to keep Mike on. Mike loves it. Mike loves it. We got to keep Mike on. So awesome. All right, Seth. Well, I really appreciate the time, man. Uh, congrats on everything. And we'll chat soon. Yes, that's Adam White right here on Sports with Friends. Again, happy holidays to those of you who celebrate. We have our special end-of-year holiday feature next week on the podcast. Uh, two Jews hanging out on Christmas Day. We will talk about that next week. But for this, our thanks to Adam White. We will see you next week. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to To stay here, I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt, that's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted and smile. Count on please, I'm gone. Forget reaching me by phone, because I promise I'll be gone for a while. When you see me again, I hope that you have been the kind of person.